Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Well, I was originally uh, not really wanting to uh, minister to this Sunday. Uh, last Sunday, our pastor, Vic, yeah. had such a dynamic message. I was like, I don't want to get up and bat after the home run. <laughs> you know, uh, there's an old saying, pastors are only as good as their last message. So I'll try to live up to that standard he has, has set. And as I was meditating, uh, I, I took the dog for a walk last night, and I was meditating on, uh, went with the idea of just getting inspiration from the Lord, you know, and the mind is a wandering thing, <laughs> if you caught that. I'm out there trying to hear from the Lord, and this is what I get. My dog is not a homeowner. He's a renter. And he always wants me to extend his leash. <laughs> that's, that's what I came back with. I was like, well, okay. You know, in the book of John, chapter 15, 13th verse, it says this, Greater love has no one than this, that to lay down their life for their friends. And uh, this Memorial Day weekend, as we... Set aside, we live in the greatest country, I believe, the greatest nation on earth ever. God established this nation for a reason. Uh, every nation, every peoples has a destiny. And the destiny of this nation has just been fantastic. More uh, missions have gone forth from this nation. Uh, money spent on missions and good works uh, in foreign countries than ever before, and the freedoms that we have are unlike anywhere else. If you've traveled anywhere else, if you've gone anywhere before and spent time, and you're like me, when you fly back and you land, you feel like getting out of that plane and kissing the tarmac, Amen. saying, thank you, God, for this country, for this nation. But when you think of that scripture, greater love has no one than this to lay down their life for their friends. You think of all of those during this memorial day that our nation has set aside in memory of them that have given the ultimate sacrifice that we can experience the freedoms that we have. And for that, I'm just profoundly humbled that there are those that paid the ultimate price that we might enjoy the life that we have. We know that scripture is also centered around Jesus Christ gave his life that we might have life. He sacrificed his life that we could have life. Today's message, I titled it, But If You Say So. Those of us that are married understand that statement. 
you're thinking one thing, your spouse thinking something else, and you say, come to that place. But if you say so. In Luke chapter 5, let's turn there. I wanted this all in the NIV. I studied it out in the NIV this week with the idea I'd read from that. And then I couldn't find my NIV Bible. So I'm reading out of the New American Standard Version. In Luke chapter 5, I just begin with the first verse of that chapter. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Galilee and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. They're done fishing. Get the picture? They're washing their nets. And uh, they're done. It wasn't a very successful day, apparently. Those that are commercial fishermen, you have those times. Great success. Feast or famine, I think it's called. Or not so successful. In fact, I was thinking of a few friends that I have that were at one time commercial fishermen. I love to fish. I love to fish with a rod and reel. Just love it, love it, love it. I have found it's hard to convert a commercial fisherman to a single-line fisherman. They just don't get it. They're just like, one fish, just one at a time, and you have to wait and wait, and maybe not even one. They don't get it. But I'm working hard on converting them. So Jesus sees two boats There at the shore of the lake, the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little away from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. Okay, now, first of all, Simon has not even been called to be a disciple yet. Simon isn't even very acquainted with this man, Jesus. Simon is a fisherman. Sometimes they're strong-headed. I think it's a requirement, partly, to be able to... to, uh, a commercial fisherman. And as we get into the mind of Simon, he's like, I don't really know this guy. First, he just climbs in my boat. He asked me to put out. Okay, I'm putting up with the guy. I like what he has to say, but I don't know him intimately. I'm not even sure he's a friend. But something's at work that's causing Simon, who would probably have the personality, if you've studied anything about Simon through the scriptures, in normal circumstances, to have some choice words for somebody that did that. In this case, he allowed Jesus into the boat. Jesus taught the crowd, and then he told him to go fish again. Well, there's a couple of scenarios that just aren't right to a guy that's 
a professional fisherman is you fish at night in their case. They'd fished all night and didn't catch anything. This is daytime. But Peter says something very profound here that every one of us needs to consider for ourselves. He said this, but if you say so, I think that when we are living our lives, we have a lot of choices in front of us. Sometimes the Lord has a say in those choices, and he'll speak that to you. He'll whisper it to you. He'll make it known to you. He'll do something that makes you say, oh, oh, yes, Lord, if you say so. Sometimes we make decisions without the Lord's say-so. How are those working out for you? So Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so. See, NIV says, but if you say so. That was the title of my message, by the way. But if you say so. I will let down the nets. Now, the real key to this whole thing is something right there hidden in the middle of it. I will. You see, we've all been given a free will. God blessed us with a free will. He gave it to us as a gift. Every human being born has been given free will to choose. We see in the book of Joshua 24, 14, uh, rather than turn there, I'll just turn around and read it. Yeah, Joshua 24, verse 14. Do we have it? Oh, okay. I'll read it. mind is a wandering thing. Verse 14. Now, therefore, revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You see right there, he's exercising free will. When I got married, my wife and I are working on our 48th year. I say that we're working on our 48th year because marriage 
is an act of your will. The pastor that married us at the time, uh, when talking to us, uh, he gave us the shortest marriage counseling, I think, um, ever. You know, we came in, we were all, we were hippies in the woods. <laughs> and we come into this church with the high-haired ladies and the, you know, the real, you know, it was huge church. And here we are, and uh, uh, it was a part of the Jesus movement, a lot of people getting saved at that time, so they weren't too put off by hippies coming in out of the woods that hadn't cut their hair in many, many years. I had hair then. And uh, he gave us this marriage counseling. He says, well, Mark, when, when you look at her, do you desire her? I mean, is she good looking? I go, yeah. And he, she said, he says to Nancy, when you look at him, is he handsome? Yeah. Do you love each other? Yeah. You're going to serve the Lord together? Yes. All right. How about Thursday? <laughs> or I think it was Wednesday, actually. And, uh, oh, he did ask her this. He says, uh, is, is Mark a good kisser? Because he says, you don't want to be married to somebody for your whole life that's not a good kisser. So those are things that I held, and I, I still give counsel today to young couples that want to get married. But one of the things that he pointed out, he says, now, when we do the marriage ceremony, I don't ask you to respond, I do. I ask you to respond, I will. Because it's an act of your will to choose every day. It's an act of your will to choose every day whether you want to love this person or not love them. Choose this day whom you will serve. Joshua said, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Now, I'm going to bring that into a New Testament thing too. Maybe there's somebody here whose spouse does not attend church. Maybe they're not even a believer. The Bible makes room for that. It says the unbelieving spouse is made righteous through the believing spouse. And you know why that is? Because God takes two people and makes them one. Don't lose sight of that if you are in a situation where you are... Uh, serving the Lord, and your spouse is not. They are made righteous. Look at them through that righteousness of Jesus Christ that is imputed to them through your faith. It'll do amazing things. The choice of the will did an amazing thing for Simon and for the other men in the boat. At your word, we'll go ahead and throw our nets out. He had no hope for that. He's like, I don't know this guy. He's not a fisherman. But at your word, I'm going to give it a chance. Didn't do much good last night. I'm going to give it a chance. And he was overwhelmed by that little act. Yeah. says they caught so many fish in their nets that they had to bring in the second boat, and they nearly swamped it. You see, when you take your will and you surrender it to what you know that Jesus is asking you, tremendous things take place. Tremendous blessing takes place. That, that was enough blessing to cover his expenses 
for a month or better. And all the wages of the men. That was a big catch. Now, I'm not real clear if he capitalized off of that. Uh, the scripture in compressing it said that they left everything immediately and followed Jesus. So perhaps he didn't sell that. He just gave it away. Yeah. I'm not certain. It's not really clear as to that particular point. Uh, either way, we see that his life continued with fullness of blessing. Yet that didn't one act of his will, at your word I will do this, didn't mean that he wasn't challenged again and again and again. In Deuteronomy chapter 30 says there's cursing and blessing. There's life and death. And then it says, choose life. life. See, we have a choice. And we make that choice daily. God created us. He gave us a gift of free will, the gift of choice. He could easily have made us robots. Um. What? He could have easily made us robots, but he, he didn't. Because he made us for a purpose. That purpose was for relationship and to experience love. Yeah. One of the best choices I ever made was to say yes when my wife proposed to me. <laughs> Second best choice I ever made. First best choice I ever made was when she said, you're going to church with me. I said, okay. And I gave my life to Jesus that night. He gave us the power to choose. That's a wonderful power. We sang that song, Jesus has given us authority. He's given you authority. You have authority when you are being assaulted with spiritual warfare. How many of you believe in spiritual warfare? You can, you can raise your hands if you want. You know, sometimes you ask a question, nobody responds. How many believe in spiritual war? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this morning. You have authority in the midst of that warfare to simply stop it all and say, wait a minute, what is taking place here? What's going on? What's really happening? I take authority in Jesus' name over this assault right now. I don't have clarity about it. I don't know exactly what's causing it, but I have authority and I choose to use the authority right now. Yeah. I choose to use the authority. Let's look at the book of Matthew, chapter 21.
over in verse 28. Jesus tells this parable. He says, what do you think? Have you ever thought about that? Jesus asks you what you think. He does. He wants a relationship. It's not just, like I said, we're not robots. We're agents of free will. And he's saying to you sometimes, what do you think about this? And I think he'd like you to give him an honest answer instead of fearing that you might be wrong or you might have a wrong idea or a wrong concept. I have all kinds of wrong ideas and wrong concepts. I'm wrong a lot. And the thing that it took me a while to get over was being willing to be wrong and to let the Lord know that I was wrong. And once that came about in my life, you know what? It really set me free. Because we're afraid if we're wrong about something, that's going to make us less qualified in the other person's eyes. But that doesn't work that way with God. That's not how he qualifies things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. His son answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second son and said the same, and he answered, I go, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And they said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes... Now, the reason he brings out tax collectors and prostitutes is because in the culture of the day, in the Jewish culture, they were considered the low of the low. But he said, they're going into the kingdom ahead of you, all on this pivotal point. I will. I will. Because you said so, I will. Jesus said, believe on me and you will be saved. And we've at one point in our lives go, I will. I do. I believe. I will believe. Later on in Matthew, the 23rd chapter, Jesus is up on the hill and he's looking down over Jerusalem and he laments and he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I loved you. I would have gathered you as a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you would not. But you will not. They had a choice. going to take a little bit of a diversion here. We're going to go to the book of Romans, see if we can look at this from a 
perspective with Paul, the Apostle Paul. Are you with me? All right. Where did I say? I did that on purpose. In Romans chapter 7, verse 19, we're going to look at this portion. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it is the law that when I find it to be the law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self. But I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I am a slave to the law of God, but with my flesh, I am a slave to the law of sin. Paul's talking about something very interesting here, something that we talk about a lot here. He's talking about his core identity. He really is. He's he's really speaking. His core identity is my identity is Jesus Christ. He is my identity. And yet, in that identity, I have all this inner working happening. But if we identify ourselves with the inner workings and the struggles and the the challenges, and we identify ourselves up and down according to how we deal with the challenges of life... um, we don't have our true identity set. And Paul's saying here, I have all this going on, but I am Christ Jesus. I have died with him in baptism, and I identify myself raised again with him in life. One of the difficult things for Christians to deal with in their lives is why do I have struggle with sin? Why am I struggling with sin? Why am I struggling with these thoughts? Why am I struggling with these things? Well, I wish I had a refrigerator scripture answer for you. You're struggling because this is called corruptible flesh and the lusts of the flesh are with it they don't they don't disappear 
But if he says don't do them, you don't have to. He has conquered all of that. He has conquered it. Let's go to the book of John. I'm going to finish with this. I think. I may have learned a new trick from Pastor Vic last week. He gave us eight scriptures that he was finishing with. I like that. I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. I'm going to finish with this one now. Oh, okay. I went away with five finishing scriptures. It was great. <laughs> In chapter 21 of the book of John, I think it's so wonderful how, uh, you know, we have a spokesperson for our new president. And she always says, I'll circle back to you on that. Yeah. I'll circle back to you. This is a circle back yeah. that's real, that actually happens. Um, the first time Simon Peter met Jesus, and he had the miracle of the fish, and he said for the first time, but because you say so, I will do that. Now they've gone through a lot of life's up and downs. He's had failings. He denied the Lord three times when he said he wouldn't. He, he, he just messed up. And he's discouraged. And everything he had hoped for in life is no longer. Where did he go? You commercial fishermen, where do you go? <laughs> Can't keep them off the boat. He went back to fishing. So over in verse 6. <clears throat> okay, let's go to verse 4. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. You see, he'd been crucified. He was gone. They're like, well, we'll go, go back to fishing. <clears throat> and Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it. Now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes for he was naked and he jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about 100 yards off. I found that Jesus using that particular thing is so pertinent to our lives. You see, we first come to Jesus. We first have this wonderful experience. And I mean, when you're young in the faith, when you're new in the faith, you know, my wife and I, we grabbed onto those things such as, you know, give all that you have away. 
so that all might have everything in common. And, and we lived in a commune for a while, Christian commune, a good one, discipleship. And, you know, your faith is so real. You're like, we need cardboard boxes, Lord. And so we pray, God, could, could you help us find some cardboard boxes? And lo and behold, we go behind a grocery store and there's a bunch of cardboard boxes. But your faith is so new, you're like, God, provide it. <laughs> After you've walked with him a while, you know, ah, I need cardboard boxes. I'm going to go behind the store and get some. But with certain setbacks and certain things that can happen and difficulties and failures and losses and life's situations, yeah. you can come to a place of saying, Man, I don't, just don't know anymore. I'm not sure why these things happen. Yet I'll tell you this, Jesus is always faithful, always yeah. wet ready, and he's always there to say, what I'd like you to do is cast your net. I just want you to put down your net. And all you have to do is respond and say, but because you say so, I'll do it. I'll do it. There's times where if you're like me, you're like, I'm not so sure I want to do that. But when you do it, there's a tremendous wealth, a blessing of wealth, or wealth, wealth of blessing is what I want to say. I want to leave you, I got four last scriptures. I, I, uh, that was great last week. Didn't Pastor Vic have a great message last week? If you didn't, if you didn't catch it, you're watching today online. I suggest you go back and 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 listen to that message. It was uh, just a a barn burner. It was great. I loved it. But if you will just say, I will, Lord. I will this, this time also. I'm not sure I want to, but I will. There's a tremendous wealth of blessing in store in that. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.